1: So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you live here on Maritime Radio from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here on a transfer deadline day is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Freezing. freezing. Absolutely freezing. It is a bit uh, nippy outside, for want of a better phrase. Uh, joining the pair of us here in the studio is Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan?
2: Yeah, good. I'm <coughs> yeah? oh, sorry, I don't know <coughs> Had some nuts in me, mouth. Sorry.
1: Not for the first time. Off to a good start. Uh,
2: right. No, I'm good, mate.
1: We're going to dive straight into it because on tonight's show, we are joined on the phone by the South London Press uh, sports editor, Richard Corley, and hopefully he's going to be able to hear me now. Richard, are you, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How
3: are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm all right, Richard. How's it going?
3: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Excellent. Not too bad.
1: Thanks for joining us here live on Charlton Live on a Transfer Deadline Day. Every sports journalist's favourite day, I imagine.
3: Yeah, it's normally a pretty busy one. Although to be fair, I don't know how busy it's going to be for South London clubs generally. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Charlton looking for the the one deal I think in, um, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of activity in Millwall. So um, no I don't one cares know, about Millwall Rich.
1: No one cares about Millwall Rich, right? So so what's going on? What's <laughs> going on with Charlton? And, and obviously we're 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 still in the market for a striker. Um, the only name. Oh, we've seen floating around recently it seems to be that Mo Isa from, uh, from Bristol City. Could could you add any more to him?
3: Yeah, I mean, that, well, and obviously I did the story uh, whenever it was a few days back when I heard his name mentioned and at the time was told that that was the one that Charlton was strong on. Um, I don't necessarily think that's changed by, by, by what I, my sort of understanding of the situation was. I think one of the big issues is that uh, when you get to this kind of late stage, players... I'm not saying this is what's happening with the, with, with Mo Isor or anybody else, but a player sometimes is in a stronger position if they let it go to the final day, and there can be other clubs that suddenly think they want to come into the mix, and you can perhaps get more money, better deals, whatever it might be, and um, I think that's one of the problems, because uh, a couple of people have said to me, why did Charlton leave it last minute, but... I think sometimes, not always, sometimes it's down to players because they know if they are a player that's in demand and obviously Mo Iser had a very good scoring record at Cheltenham Town um, and obviously made the jump to the championship off the back of that. I just think some of these players sometimes they're going to wait and see and they're going to leave it late and that obviously leaves it as a a real dash. in terms of in terms of where Charlton are at I, I, you know the, the, the word coming out is that they will bring in a striker before the deadline I don't think they've really got an option not to have they with, with obviously Lyle out losing Carlin You've only got Rico Hacking-Fairchild, although Eagle's kind of beginning to come back as well. But his injury record has been sort of, you know, his fitness record has been pretty spotty of late. Um, so I think there's no doubt about it. They've got to get a deal done. Mm. I mean,
1: with, with Mo Issa as well, some of the, the, some of the links with Sunderland have started, started, started to surface this afternoon as well. Um, I mean, logistically, it gives a player a bit of a headache if he doesn't know what end of the country he needs to be at. But, you know, especially with Sunderland also challenging at the top, I mean, do you think Charlton will have the money if that's, a, if that's what it's going to come down to, to, to outbid Sunderland for, for the Yeah, run?
3: well, I, I don't necessarily think they have. Well, I think Charlton have got a budget and the budget is probably pretty much the budget. Um, so I think if Sunderland can suddenly come in and can... Put more money on the table, then I, I mean, it doesn't always come down to that. I mean, don't forget Mo Isa. I'm I'm, we, we've written about him in our paper because he started off at Greenwich Borough. Um, Obviously we did Very well there And got uh, Well left And got a move To Cheltenham Opted to go on A free into the Football League So you never know With location Family is important To players And kind of The dynamics of it It's not all about Oh they're a big club They might have A little bit more money Or whatever I don't necessarily know If it's a loan It's going to make A lot of difference Because at the end Of the day Bristol City Will still be paying A percentage of his salary You'd imagine Uh, It could perhaps Be the club Will say Well that club Can give us more money And therefore he He goes there um the thing is I just think that all the word had been this week that it would probably be quite a late deal. So uh we just gotta hope it gets done because um I, I don't like the idea of, of going without another a striker. And the thing with ISA that's interesting is I was chatting to someone I know who's a very contact of mine and we were talking about Isa, and he was basically saying to me that it would be a really good signing for Charlton and he's not connected to Charlton or got any real particular reason to say that but he was kind of saying that when he did so well at Cheltenham a kind of Charlton or Portsmouth would have been a natural good move for him in the summer but what he did and you can't blame him for that is he wanted to play You know, a championship club comes in you're going to test yourself at that level as it turns out he's not played a lot of football but the kind of message I got back from someone that was neutral on this is that he would be a cracking signing for Charlton so certainly by what he's saying I'm kind of hoping it's going to come off I haven't seen a lot of him obviously as most people haven't because um, you know he's not played any football really at the first part of the season but uh, I think, I think the recruitment generally has been very good by Charlton in this window. I'm sure that Lee Bowie would like more, more numbers in and another two or three in rather than just one. But I think the recruitment's been very good.
1: Now, with, uh, with, with any deal, not, not saying specifically Mo Issa, but is it often a case of you have to wait for other teams to do their business and it all almost set off a bit of a domino effect for players to move around at this late stage?
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean, the other thing that was mentioned to me the other day was that strikers generally, if you look at how many are moving per division, there's not not loads. And I mean, I think you can probably... As an example, I hate to use Millwall as an example, but if you look at Millwall, if they had brought a striker in, Fred on your Dimmer would have gone back to Wickham. That's just one little example of a chain, or, or I think he would have gone back to Wickham. So that, that, that sort of gives you an idea of the way that these things chain together. So there definitely is um, a, a sort of movement that way. Um, and it's the same, I think, Millwall's kind of message would have been that they were trying to get a striker in but there weren't a lot of forwards that were really available, so if you, if you work it out, if a forward needs to come to a championship side and for another player to move, it's going to make it hard it's 100% there is a knock-on effect it's like a little cycle that goes on and it could well be that Bristol City or any club that Charlton are trying to talk to, they're trying to get their deal over the line before that player can go, so yeah, there's so many things and the problem with the January window is it is quite tight and teams and players do leave things to the last minute, so that's why you get the situation that you're sort of facing now.
1: Do you think it was slightly unusual for Charlton to have let both Carlin and and one of their backup strikers in Nicky or Jose go before anyone was sort of certainly through the door? Because it does leave us quite light. Yeah, it's an
3: interesting question. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I've got to be honest. I, I was never, never particularly um, sold on Nicky or Jose. Um, I thought he, I thought he, you know, he could drop a little bit deeper and go a bit wider. And he, he wasn't bad actually in terms of sometimes getting the ball in from a wide area. But he didn't really ever come in and deliver on what he was supposed to do, which was score a lot of goals. And various people will say that certain systems would have suited Nicky. But at the end of the day, he played under a number of managers at Charlton. None of them really made him a star. And I think that's probably quite a, a telling factor. Obviously, if you look at it now with Lyle's suspension, 100, percent you would say, well, having Nikki or Jose here would be would be a useful option. But I think it is a little bit uh, it's a little bit of a misstep that both of those have gone. I mean, the Carlin thing we, we've got a story. I've, I spoke to Lee uh, Boyer today, and he's on the he's on the back page of the SLP tomorrow, and he was saying that. The club were trying to offer Carl a contract once he started playing in the team because obviously in the summer as Lee said himself only he knew that Carlin was going to be starting games you know no one else knew and I think they made two or three what Lee described as very good contract offers but Carlin or his representative made it clear that they were going to wait until the summer they weren't going to they weren't going to resign um, and they were going to sort of wait and see where, where the land lay then of course what happened in the meantime was that Huddersfield come in I think as soon as that happens it's a game changer I think you can't it's very hard to keep a player whose head's been turned. Um, and I think, you know, beyond that, I think then you're beginning to get into the dynamics of just how much money you're going to get. Of course, the key thing I would add to that is that in normal circumstances, perhaps with an owner that's more invested in the team, you would go out and say, OK, well, there's a chunk of that money. Go out and bring in maybe two or three. Obviously, in this instance, it's been very clear. Although initially, I thought there might be two coming in. At the start of the week, it became quite clear it was only going to be one. And uh, I don't think that's an ideal
1: scenario. I mean, a lot of Charlton fans will be talking, as you say, about the fact that this money won't be reinvested. I mean, if you think in the long term, the, the further up the pyramid this club goes, presumably that could only be better for Roland's selling price or his asking price. So it, do you think there's a possibility that taking the money, even though the, the player may have left for free or you know, only on a... Uh, a tribunal at the end of the season, so he would have got less. Um, do, you, do you think taking the money in so soon might be a little short-sighted when he's one of the more important players he could have fired them to promotion?
3: Yeah, I think, I, think, I think there's two two trains of thought. I think, obviously, if you look at the history of it, the uh, Châtelet has sold players, and when bids get big enough, the players go. He hasn't sold everybody, because let's not forget that Blackburn were in for uh, Patrick Bauer in the summer, and it wasn't like as soon as he gets an offer he snaps people's hands off, but... I think he knows when he makes good when it makes business sense to him. I think it's it's difficult sometimes if a player is really pushing for a move i don 't know for sure exactly what happened with Carlin, but there's no way that if you look at what Carlin's earning what he was earning at charlton he'll be earning at least three probably four times his salary that he was on at charlton and he was on a, a reasonable contract by the sort of pay bracket at charlton. I think you, you you would find he wasn't he wasn't on a sort of low deal for a young player because obviously he was highly thought of so I think it's it's a life-changing move for Carlin because I think as well the indications are, if you look at Huddersfield, they're not scoring goals. They're marooned at the bottom. Um, It's not like they're blessed with strikers. So, you know, he could very well play a part against Chelsea on Saturday. And I think if you tell a player that that's not going to happen as a deal... I'm not sure where that player's head goes from there and how they play. It's not perhaps what fans want to hear because they expect a player would just say, well, that's fine, I'm attracted to you and, you know, it's not going to affect me. But we all know it doesn't work that way and... Um, I, you know, obviously, it's not as big a sum of money as when Adamola went. went. Uh, but yet again, in some respects, Carlin feels like a bigger loss because him and Lyle together have been such a good combination uh, and made such a difference, you know, with the goals they got and assists and everything else. It does feel like a real loss. So I suppose only time, like I said to Lee Barry, I said to Lee today, how do you, you know, how much does it dent your hopes of going up? And he said, "Of course it does." But he said, "Time, time will tell how much it does affect us." So, if they get the right player in and they can they can do it, and, and get up, you know. At the end of the day, you probably look at it and say, "Well, okay, it's kind of worked out as, as well as it can." But of course, if things don't work out right, then people are going to turn around and say, "What a disastrous decision that was to let one part of a highly successful strike partnership leave the football club." Mm.
1: Now in uh, a bit of news separate to Charlton actually, Gillingham have just tweeted a photo of a player they've signed, now it's a, a former Charlton player with the Gillingham badge over his face but I'm, I'm telling you now it looks like Gillingham have signed Ricky Holmes on loan, I saw he had his, uh, his, um, his, his, uh, his loan at Oxford was, was uh, recalled today so that's an interesting one, um, now um, since we've got you on the phone Rich what's going on with the takeover?
3: Well, as far as I'm aware, nothing I've heard is particularly close. I mean, one thing I always add with this as a caveat is there are people that are far more informed on this subject than, than myself. You know, someone like Rick Everett, who spent a lot of time, invests a lot of time sort of trying to find out what's going on. has got very good contacts on this. I'm pretty sure that someone like Rick would hear about this stuff far before me. The problem is that whenever you hear Australians involved, it always brings me back to thinking about the guys that we've spoken about before. And I, I just don't really... It doesn't feel to me like there's anything that's particularly close. Um, whenever, I, whenever I hear about it, it seems a proof of funds is a problem. Um, you know, leaving the Turks sort of stuff that he says, I just, uh, there doesn't ever seem to be anything very definitive. It's all very vague. And I understand there's confidentiality around it and and that kind of thing. But, you know, we're sat here and no one has bought the club. No one seems to have actually stumped up the money that I think the Australians that had originally been on the scene, you know, they, they put together what sounded an attractive proposition to, to Roland, but you feel like sometimes that was quite detrimental because, he obviously feels it's almost like justification of the valuation he's got at the football club and I think there are I've always said I think there are serious people out there that buy the football club but I think the price would have to be right there's other things around that are little red flags I think in terms of the uh, ex-director's loans that if you're an investor and you're a serious investor you would want that kind of stuff all tidied up before you get in the door so but as, as far as I'm aware I've not been told that anything's changing I, I would imagine if um, new owners come in if they had a bit of money they would probably say right let's really bum Carlin's deal up and try and keep him but I think at the moment the club are stuck with Roland I mean if you get up Obviously, it could in, it could elicit more people coming out of the woodwork, prepared to pay a bit more. Equally, the uh, Chatelet could ask for more money. And the thing I would say about the championship having haven't watched a lot of it the last couple of years—I think the jump is, is is a lot. Is you know, it's getting stronger every year. And I think you have to invest a, a very significant sum of money to really do anything at that level uh, by and large there's a few exceptions but not many so anybody that comes in if Charlton did get up in the summer you'd have to have some money to spend because it's not it's not cheap bringing players in at that level
1: Excellent stuff right well, Rich thanks for joining us on uh, Charlton Live this evening I'll let you go so you can be the first to, to break this, the story of whoever's coming. Uh, South London Press obviously broke the Carlin Grant story on Saturday so another another good one well
3: done well done, well done Louis that was you wasn't
1: it <laughs> oh <he's laughs> like, you, you shouldn't have said it uh, Get on, right. nah, well done <laughs> yeah cheers right Rich I'll see you up at Fleetwood on Saturday and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you in a bit <laughs> cheers Rich bye see you later man.
2: To be occupying that left hand side at the moment. Little step over onto his left foot, Marshall. Ball in the box is good, and Rebo, first out, Oh, a a Lovely finish! Oh, what oh, a goal! Joe Rebo gives Charlton the lead. Great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left hand side, chips it in, and Rebo, with a calm left footed volley, have found the bottom right corner, and Charlton have the lead.
1: Right, welcome back. It's Charlton Live, the big match preview. That was Richard Corley uh, from the South London Press who joined us here on Transfer Deadline Day to give us the latest news uh, on the Addicts. So, lads, uh, it's now quarter past seven on Thursday night and we still haven't signed a striker. The window closes at 11 o'clock. It's too early to get worried just yet because Rich does seem fairly confident we will get someone in, but it's going to be very last minute at this rate, Tom.
6: Yeah, and as he said on the phone there, the later it goes, the less your bargaining power is, um, and the power shifts to the player, which is, I don't understand why we do it. it it's so frustrating. And I think that you, you said last week that you knew um, Carlin was off. I think we all suspected it the week before as well, when the rumours started. So surely, well, you would hope they've been moving for a striker from that point. And if they have, I just don't I so don't work in football, but I don't understand how it then takes two weeks to sort that out. If Carlin was able to be sold within one week, why does it take us twice that long to get someone back in to replace him? So and I can suspect one of the answers, and it's the man who's currently got £2 million rumoured in his pocket. Um, but it, it's frustrating and it's worrying because, as I say, the longer it goes on, I mean, if we were to transfer window was to close and we hadn't got anyone in, we uh, I don't know about playoff hopes, but as top two definitely done, playoff hopes are suddenly in the balance when. Mm. There's no reason for that to be the case if we just get someone over the line. But I trust what Rich says. Um, he's usually pretty bang on the money and it sounds like he's confident. So I'll, I'll stay with that until I hear otherwise, I guess.
1: Obviously, the problem with doing this this show live on the Thursday night is uh, half the, uh, most of the time people will be listening on the Friday morning. So hopefully you'll, you'll now know if we have signed someone or who we have signed. Um, I mean, whoever it is, Naif, I mean, they've got massive shoes to fill. Uh, in terms of the outgoing Carl and Grant, because you know I, know I know a lot of people have been trying to get over it, but the fact is he scored 14 goals this season, you know, numerous assists as well, and he's gonna he's he's gonna be really difficult for us to replace.
2: Yeah, he will be, um, and they've got to do it on their own for for the next two games as well, because obviously Taylor's not about. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously when it comes out, they're gonna have to. That's why I think hopefully whoever does come in, if someone does come in, I'm hoping they are you know not experience you know you know like a seasoned veteran but someone who's not just a kid because I think we do need um someone with a bit of someone at this level knows how to score goals because I think we're in a position at a table where we need to and 14 was it 14 goals Carlin's what you said yeah so that's what I mean it's it's you don't get many without spending big money so let's hopefully the uh the, ch- the chap can sort of hit the ground running
1: mm, certainly um I mean, if I mean, it's, it's, we don't think it's going to go this way. But if if by the time people listen listening to this podcast on Friday morning, and we haven't signed someone, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Really, because with all due respect to Rico, and he might turn into the the next Carlin Grant, but he, he's completely inexperienced at this level. He hasn't started a league game for and He hasn't scored a uh, a league goal for us. I think he's got a couple of checker trade goals, perhaps. But you know, he he's completely untested. I mean it would leave us severely shorthanded up top.
6: And I don't even think the outcome kind of defines it. So if Rico comes in and scores 15 goals between now and the end of the season, that still doesn't stop this being a complete nightmare if he doesn't bring someone in because it's out of order to make throw Rico in like that and expect him to do that. Um, Same with Igor as well, just coming back to fitness. You, You can't rely on those players. We as a club are in a position now where we're pushing for the top two and we're pretty solid in the playoffs. And... If he's really going to throw all that away because he can't pull his hand out of his pocket, then that's just just not good enough because he's consistently said to managers if if the team are fighting when it comes to January, he will invest. And as Rich said, we've done good business so far. And how many times have we heard that at plenty of the transfer windows under Roland that we've done good business to a point and we never finish it. And then this season, we've done good business in the summer. We've done good business early on in January. We're now in a position where we're Unfortunately, a striker away due to the uh, to Carlin's outgoing from pushing on for those top two places, and if if it comes to tomorrow and we haven't got a player in, it's absolutely outrageous. But for the moment, I'm assuming that's
1: not the case. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bear thinking about but you, you, you surely surely that that won't be happening. You hope now, of course. Um, uh, as we were mentioning with Rich there. Um, I was desperately trying to get some praise out of him. Like he's like, uh, he never gives me any praise. So, <laughs> but um but Carlin did go. Uh, as we were reporting over the weekend, um, but he will be a big loss. No, no matter what anyone says, he will be a massive loss for us. And uh, it's sad to see him go when it when it was finally confirmed.
2: Yeah, it was. But I think we all said. Um, I think on last week's um, pre preview. Well, I think we were all sort of certain it was going to happen. I mean, I just had, I mean, I was texting you boys over the weekend and I've sort of resigned myself to the fact that it was going to happen. Um, but, I, you know, I still stand by what I think I said last time. If he's got three and a half months of maybe get, even if he gets six games of Premiership football, like Rich said, for all we know, he could be actually start against Chelsea. And no disrespect, starting away at Fleetwood or starting against Chelsea. Yeah, I know it hurts because he's doing very well. But I don't think anyone can begrudge him that. And um, I certainly don't. And I hope he does well. I really do. Mm.
1: Uh, Gillingham have now confirmed the signing of Ricky Holmes on loan from Sheffield, United, you know, which is bizarre because <laughs> he, 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 um, he, he tweeted earlier on today saying he was ending his loan at Oxford due to injuries, saying he couldn't get his fitness back and now he's signed for someone else. And, his, and he like wanted a... to
2: better his career. Well, and he ends up at Gillingham. Yeah,
1: well, I know. That, uh, that is a sad state of affairs. Never mind. Uh, right, of course, uh, Lee Bowyer was asked uh, about uh, Carl and Grant. Leaving during the week, he spoke to uh, to Tom show from the uh, from the club, uh, and the boss explains uh, what he had to say uh, to his outgoing forward uh, when he spoke to him. Uh, I just wish him all the
7: best. Uh, again, I thanked him for for, for his, his efforts, his professionalism. He's been very good. Um, he's wanted to learn, and he's learned, and and now he's gone on to. They'll go and do what every kid wants to do and that's play in the premier league you so um obviously disappointed that he's gone mm. um because he's, he's gonna definitely be a big loss for us he's formed a very good partnership with lowell and he's left a hole at the moment so uh, To, to make players better and to, to see them go on and, and play at the highest level so there's pros and cons to the way I feel about
1: it. So Lee Bowyer there. Uh, giving Carl and Grant all his best after the striker signed for Huddersfield Town um, d- during the week. Um, yeah, in a way it is. he probably is quite proud of the fact that he managed to find a player that wasn't performing too well uh, and and help him towards the end of last season and, of course, this season as well. So, in a way, he'd he'd be quite pleased with that, but obviously, gutted to see a a big player from his team go.
6: Yeah, you can't really win as a manager, can you? Because you either don't improve a player and they stick around and they're no good for you, or you improve a player and then you lose them. So, um, yeah, I think he should be very proud of it, um, as should, was it Kuhl still when he was at Crawley? Mm. Because I think uh, he came back from there just a different player, but... But massive credit to Bowyer because he had the confidence to chuck him in at the start of this season, uh, and to play towards the end of last season as well. I can't remember. He but, was in Crawley, wasn't oh, he? Oh, was he still yeah. right to the end? Yeah. So to play this season and from the start, and I think Lyle deserves a lot of credit as well because I think the way Lyle has has helped him and, and the kind of the partnership has just worked really well. Um, and obviously, Carlin himself deserves a lot of credit because he's worked hard for it as well. Um, deserves his move and good luck to him. But. Uh, Yeah, Bowie is going to be pleased for him and and obviously I'm sure hope that he does well, but at the same time there's going to be that little bit of disappointment to see him go. And now, as he said at the weekend, it's about focusing this week on getting a player in, which so far hasn't happened officially, but obviously the work will have been put in to this point.
1: Uh, Brian Cole tweeting in saying Darren Bent is a studio guest on Sky Sports News earlier, being touted as available and that he had his phone in his pocket. Discuss. I thought he'd retired. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't played really well this the manager. He played. He played last season he's for coach. Burton and got two goals in about 10-15 games. Uh, I saw him playing in like that Soccer Sixes thing with all the, yeah. the, all the former players. So I assume he's retired. But I mean, if he's up for it, why not? Better than nothing. Better than nothing. Yeah. It, it, at the moment, it's Nathan up front on Sundays <laughs> oh, so okay. on Saturday. So uh, yeah. So wow. Uh, <laughs> Absolute wow. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's some of the words that people will be saying
4: um,
1: <laughs> right I asked for your three word reviews on how our transfer business has gone so far this window so to try and um, write down everything that's coming and gone out so uh, including loanies going out is Carlin Grant of course has gone to Huddersfield Nicky Ojozo has gone on loan to Mansfield Jed Steer and Jamie Ward both returned to their parent clubs in so far at time of recording we've got Chris Maxwell the goalkeeper Johnny Williams and Ben Purrington uh, the, the fullback as well so we've got those, those players that have come in those players that have gone out are Ask for your, your free word reviews uh, and uh, we've got a hell of a lot that have come in. So I'm going to try and get few uh, a few of them. Ben Bryan says, where's the strikers? Uh, Patrick said, Roland's trousered the dosh. Bill Greenall says, no striker. Uh, trouble. Uh, Richard Cox says, disappointing as always. Um, uh, CFC Facts and Stacks said it's fair to Midland, uh, Artful says don't mention Gramp, you've just done it yourself Artful so <laughs> you haven't helped anyone there uh, Richard Burton says attack, attack Oh, uh, <laughs> CFC Meltdown says bring Reza home uh, Tommy May says frustrating, frustrating, frustrating Dan says two steps back David Nichols says one more needed uh, Vital chance said so far all this deadline day has done is almost given me a connery uh, with the amount of uh, players who seem to be going elsewhere, starting to get worried for the Mm -hmm. season and then he says in his free word review absolutely bloody mortified Liam says there's going to be no automatic promotion and then he says but probably playoff." Lawrence wants a striker coming in Colin wants a striker coming in Ian Parr said he's not surprised Uh, Bob Liscombe says get Roland out Andrew Roth says up then down Uh, Freddie says service as usual Paddy P says the transfer window has not been good enough Uh, Liam gutted that Grant has gone Ben Hunt saying same old stuff Uh, Teddy boy I'm out in the cab I'm not going anywhere until we sign someone announce Dodo Uh, well you could be here a long time Uh, Teddy as it stands Uh, Rich Pemberton has made a three word review out of Roland out he just put row space land out that's lazy Uh, Reece says F F off Roland (laughs) Daniel Burke says there's too much swearing Uh, Garmy says total dog's dinner (laughs) <laughs> uh, jccfc says take back control <laughs> i think we're getting a bit brexit-y now uh <laughs> ill advice says fit williams means promotion diana says same old charlton uh, jamie delaney says i am overwhelmed uh tft says deliberately undermining promotion i mean you two how, how would you rate our transfer business at this very moment assuming
2: we don't get anywhere
1: well no let's assume we do get a striker in so how would you rate that assuming we do get a striker in
2: I don't actually know.
6: Eight out of ten. Uh, yeah. In yeah. terms of our expectations, yeah. obviously any normal club would have taken the money from Carlin and invested yeah. it, but that's never going to happen. No. But I think you look at we've covered the left back spot, which is good. Um, Maxwell's good backup for Dills at the moment. Um, if we get a striker in, obviously I think that's that is crucial. Um, <laughs> who else we brought in?
2: I don't know. Free word review for me would be trusting Bo. That's right. I mean, Solid that's. Bet. I
1: mean, that, I mean that is the, end, the the end of it now. Is so we, we are now sat here waiting for, mm. Lee and Steve Gallen and Jack Kurzweil to go out and find someone who will improve the team as they are at this moment in time. Obviously now with no Carlin, um, Richard mentioned it himself, and I agree with him that you can't really argue with any of the signings that Charlton have made no. this season. They, you know, we we've had to be patient at times. We've had to use the budget wisely. Um, but at the same time, the players we've got in generally have all improved the team and been important to us.
6: Yeah, I don't think anyone's been bad. Williams was obviously the other one I thought of in the in the January and that's been an amazing signing for us to be able to get him. So I think you talk about managing the budget. I don't know what the budget was to work with, but it must have been almost nothing. And I think we've said it plenty of times. I think uh, between them and, and Gallen as well, they've been working miracles to get these players over the line and... The performances out of those players have been very good. Um, As I said on Sunday's show, Boyer has built a unit um, as opposed to relying on individuals like we had to with the likes of Ricky and Tariq last year and the year before. Um, And yeah, I think the the squad is... If we get another striker in, um, we're still more than capable of pushing for those top two places. And when you think of the budget we're working with compared to the likes of Portsmouth and Sunderland, who I imagine have a little bit more to play with, I think they've done so, so well. But... Mm. It is all going to be undermined if we don't get that striker in and that's no discredit to the likes of Rico or Igor, but I just don't think you can rely on them in the same way we could with, with Carlem.
1: Mm, right, Daniel Burke says that Johnny Williams has been amazing. Uh, we've got a couple of emails in as well. Darren Crawford said, I stopped buying a season ticket this season, the first time in 30 plus years. I'm a supporter since 1975. And uh, because we were flying, began to regret it. I really thought that this window would be different and we would strengthen. Even with Grant sold, I thought we'd be able to reinvest the money received. I'm now beyond angry at the situation and will not step a foot in the valley until this cancer has gone from my club. Then we got an, uh, an email from um, from Peter. It says, Hi, Louis and crew. Uh, well, another uh, asset-stripping transfer window comes and goes. Why some supporters still don't understand until we get an owner who cares about our club, it will continue on this downward spri- uh, spiral. It didn't take me uh, long to... Look up to come up with this shameful team of recent departures, as there are so many to choose from. So he's called this the Charlton asset stripping eleven, playing a four four two. So he's definitely not Carl Robinson, right? It's a uh, keeper, Nick Pope, back four of Carl Jenkinson, Esri Konza, Joe Gomez, and Simon Francis. Uh, Was Francis still here on the moment? I'm not sure he was. Uh, Midfield, Dale Stevens, John Joe Shelby, uh, Johan Berg Goodmanson, Jordan Cousins. I think John Joe was here as well, actually. But um, uh, strikers of Adam Ola and Carlin Grant. He says manager Lee Bayer. All all very depressing and all a part of supporting Charlton. Keep up the good work. I mean, inadvertently, he's made a good point there. We have always been a selling club which is what some people will sell. And, and, and as Rich said, most League One clubs would struggle to keep on to a striking. Mean, Marge has moved from, from Sunderland, for example. Um, it, it's more the reinvestment that, that we struggle with, the fact that we don't tend to put... I mean, this is now what? It was, it was last January when we started not selling, uh, not, not spending any money on players. It was all frees and loans and stuff, I think. So now this is the third transfer we're doing in a row that we won't have spent any transfer fees, which is... Unusual, perhaps, for a club of Charlton's size in, in this division.
2: Yeah, it will be because, obviously, uh, normally, like you say, the, any funds coming in would be, obviously, distributed out again. Um but I think in terms of us being a selling club, I mean, for me, I think unless you're at the top four in England, I think you always are a selling club because even if you was a Burnley, say, for example, a Man United come knocking for one of your players, you're going to sell. But for this division, yeah, you would expect cheltenham to be in the top two, top three in terms of spending power, um, along, you know, with the likes of Sunderland. And obviously for the last three, we haven't, um, which is obvious. Roland doesn't want to spend more than he... You know, than he has to, so it makes it makes it a lot more difficult to, well, not difficult, it makes it more challenging, should I say, um, for the recruitment staff. But you know, just going back, I think. I agree with Rich I think Bose and Steve and the team have done absolutely amazing what they've done so far
1: Right a couple of guys have got involved on the forum as well with tonight's show Mendonca and Asda's saying it's not happening is it Louis (laughs) I think getting a bit worried (laughs) (laughs) might be worth knocking down to Asda's and see if Mendonca's still about if if he's desperate Uh, Karen Mai Bagheri says uh, good shout get Darren Bent in obviously pleased with what uh, uh, what Brian Cole said there Uh, Rossman92 says fingers crossed we'll have Uren the Turkish Messi Otzuma in by 11 can score goals and he's from Greenwich uh, was linked earlier this week. I got a feeling. I mean, uh, considering that would be one you'd have to spend money on. I'd be shocked if I'm being honest. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Right. Um, let's have a little break here on uh, Channel Live uh, on tonight's show. We're still going to hear from Ben Reeves uh, after the uh, draw at Peterborough uh, last week, and then we're going to start looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to Fleetwood, uh, where we'll have no strikers. I'm
4: Goes straight to rebo, and Rebo comes away, rides one challenge, still on the ball. Joe Rebo to his left is Reeves. Reeves finds a Rebo again. Can he get it out from under his feet? Tries to go left and it's cut out. But Joe Rebo's there again. Great. Heads it in to Taylor. Taylor crossfield for the yeah, gone! <laughs> Joan have scored. Colin Grant on hand to finish the goal. 23 minutes gone. Superb work from Joe Rebo to keep the ball alive.
1: Welcome back. It's Challenge Live, the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. It just occurred to me that that was a Carl and Grant jingle. Most of our jingles are gone <laughs> Grant. We have to delete them all. Glove wow. gonna to have to start working on some uh, uh some new ones. Right, like so we're gonna hear from Ben Reeves in a second. Later on in the show we're also gonna hear from uh Rosie Swarbrick from the Blackpool Gazette. She's a Fleetwood Town Writer uh, up there. We're going to hear from her. And, of course, we're going to look ahead to um, Fleetwood ourselves. So there's no, there hasn't been a press day yet today because, obviously, Lee Bo has been busy working away to see what targets he can try and get over the line before the end of the day. So he'll be doing his press day on Friday this week. So if you want to hear that, you'll have to head over to Valley Pass um but we'll uh, we'll do our own little preview of it now um dan burks is in. it's a hard one i know uh for a fact that carlin didn't attend training on friday that's correct before the peterborough game uh so as much as roland hasn't reinvested i wonder just how much roland is to blame for the timing of the sale was the plan to keep him but uh carlin hit the emergency exit now i mean that that's always going to be up for debate now the way I understand it is, and no- nothing's gospel, but I, like I say, I, knew, I knew Carlin didn't train on Friday, which was sort of got the story going on the sale that I was able to talk about on Saturday. Um, it sounded like Carlin almost played almost as a bit of a favour to us on, on Saturday because we are without strikers. You know, the sale could have gone through and sometimes when a sale is about to go through, the player doesn't tend to play. We all know that Ricky Holmes didn't play uh, when we had Bury away that time because he was signing for Sheffield United the next day. Uh, you know, that that sort of stuff does happen. So whether that's confirmed or not, I don't know, but that is sort of what I heard. So it Whether Carlin was forcing the sale, again, you can't say that. If a player turns his head and he wants to go in this day and age, it's very difficult to keep them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's happened. And Lee Bayer was very, very complimentary about um, him for stepping up and playing on Saturday and putting his heart and soul into it. And, uh, you know, praise his professionalism as well. So I, I wouldn't want to get too dragged down that line. Uh, of, of of what you're going on there Dan but it, it, it is it's worth asking the question so fair enough right let's hear what Ben Reeves had to say after the trip up to Peterborough last week obviously it was a 0-0 Carlin Grant um, a, a striker we used to have missed a penalty uh, you'll remember uh, unfortunately so the, the game ended goalless and uh, Ben Reeves was disappointed that Charlton couldn't get all three points for the uh, thousands of travelling fans that went up to London Road
8: yeah, we could have got more uh, another day, another day, of three points. Um, but um, it was a shame, really, it's like, especially because of the following today as well, the support. But like, as soon as we come out for the warm up, it was obviously unreal. Um, like it just shows this year how how uh, together I think us and the fans are. I think it's been much like much different for me to experience, and it's been brilliant. I think and the boys notice it, and we was all gutted really. And the main main reason I think we were gutted is because we couldn't do it for the, the fans today. But, um, there were spells where we played well as well. Um, just missed that little, I don't know, chances weren't quite falling as, as they might do, and then just little things like that really.
4: Took a little while perhaps to get into the game, was that, because different formation and obviously no Lyle Taylor up front to, to aim at?
8: It was different, yeah, I think they, they obviously started well as well, they had the win behind them, getting forward a lot and putting the ball in behind quite a bit, um, which we expected for them, like first five, ten minutes is what is what you get at a place like this, um, but now I thought we grew into it and we got a lot better in, in finding the gaps and the, the little bits and couple chances I think Johnny I don't know if it was a penalty or not I'm not sure I've not seen it um Got like little little things like a few half chances where we could have got a bit better, um, another day like, they land a bit better, easier for us and we can take them.
4: As a player, you said in the first half, especially a few balls, a uh, few chances that the ball just didn't quite sit right for us. Yeah. And, uh, Josh Cullen also one at the far post. Should, uh, uh, Patrick Barrett, all, all the little half chances. Yeah. But how does that affect the player? Does it uh, give you the confidence that you're making them, I think, or does it dent them because you're not putting them away? I
8: think yeah, because we be, I feel like we put them under a bit more pressure in the second half, and maybe that's because we we knew we were starting to create sort of chances like that. It's just a shame, like you say, we couldn't take one in the end, and, and, and especially down, down by the fans, it would have been just as good as the one at home. Um, but no, it's a shame.
4: Carlin he's taken two uh, really strong penalties in the last couple of weeks, this one not quite so much. Uh, uh, Had you put a consoling arm around him in the dressing room?
8: Yeah, you know He's a top player, Carlin, so he knows. That he's, and like you say, he's done it literally a week ago so it was just a shame that he couldn't do it again for himself and for the boys and, and, and for the fans but it would have been good for us at the end and then I'm sure we were stuck in and, and got the result but like I say he can't, he can't score every penalty so he's scored I think he scored everyone he's taken this season so it, it wasn't meant to be.
4: You, uh, you stepped into midfield today uh, in a midfield that uh, seems to be brimming with talent in there you've got Josh Cullen alongside you, Billick, uh, now Johnny Williams, still got Eribo to come back as well. How does it feel like playing in amongst those things?
8: Yes, obviously I'm enjoying playing with players that we got as well. And, and, and like I say, there's a lot of talent in there, and, and hopefully we can use that now and, and push on. I don't know if we'll play that formation again, and um, maybe we will. But um, like I say, I'm, I'm like, we can only get better, and I thought we were starting to get better and getting used to it. And boys moving about, and the rotation was starting to, to work, and things like that. And it's just like a shame that like, we didn't quite get the, the final chances that maybe we deserve.
4: The, um, you mentioned the fans, uh, so just uh, just to mention them again, playing in front of those, uh, how big a difference is it?
8: Yeah, it's quality. I think it's so good for the boys and, and some of the young lads as well, like to see it and to see the backing that we've got, and I think it's really going to help us right right away until the end of the season.
4: A tough result of the day, but uh, right on our performance at least, and on to next week. Thank you, Cheers. thank you, Ben. Do you think because people seeing it, some people seeing it as an, almost a disappointing result in
2: the end, just goes to show how far Cheltenham have come this season where say six months ago and the season
8: started around that time and saying nil-nil away that t- the top six side is not actually a bad result on paper yeah I think we're, we're just only getting better and I think we can keep getting better until the end of the season I think the fans are seeing that as well um, and it's brilliant like, I'll say it again but it's brilliant for the boys to get the backing from the fans like that it can, it can only help us. And you had a couple of half chances yourself and it's noticeable in recent weeks that the ball's starting to fall for you towards the box a little bit more. How much has that been
2: influenced by Bowie and Jackson saying to get into the box a little bit more, trying to get a few more goals from yourself?
8: Yeah, I need to, to relax a bit more. I think I just need to, get get like I say, get forward a bit more and I've been playing a bit deeper to what I'm used to so I've maybe bit more cautious to what I was used to be. Like I used to score, maybe get chances and, and get a few goals, few more goals than I have done. So I'd like to do better really with the goal scoring side of things and hopefully I can start doing that and get them all in the second half of the season hopefully.
2: And I'm sure you're expecting a, another tough trip next week or a long trip away up at Fleetwood. It's going to be a difficult game.
8: I think every game now is going to be difficult but like I say yes it's a tough place to go and, and I'm sure we'll play well and hopefully get the result and I'm sure we'll get the backing from the fans again.
1: There we go, Ben Reeves, the uh, midfielder. Looking ahead to Saturday's game with Fleetwood Town, of course, looking back at the, the, the draw at Peterborough as well. Uh, we're still on transfer deadline day. It's now 7.40 and we still haven't signed anyone. Uh, Millie's getting involved. She's saying, just hope that we get a striker. Uh, really, this team has been amazing so far and I believe that Lee Bowyer will do his magic. Bob Liskam uh, is asking, are transfers completed there at the Valley or at the training ground? Well, it depends. Uh, I had a quick look in the car park when we got here and there didn't seem to be anyone, any extra cars there than you'd expect on a Thursday evening, so nothing thing to confirm there uh, so they, but they could easily be, be doing uh, work at the training ground as well. It could happen at uh, either location. Valley Voice says, uh, uh, we will for sure sign a striker. Don't be surprised, though, if it's one of, from one of Roland the Rat's other clubs. So, <laughs> I hope not. I mean, so, yeah, someone they all did, used to play for us already, didn't Yeah, they? yeah someone <laughs> did tweet earlier about bringing Reza back, but he's not He's not our Roland club anyway. So, uh, oh, yeah, Isn't it back, sad that it? Reza Guchanajad is now probably too good for us anyway? <laughs> <laughs> that is a depressing uh, Right, let's uh, continue looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to Fleetwood. We've barely uh, scraped the surface of, uh, of that so far this evening. Uh, but we have got the, the longest trip of the season uh, up to Fleetwood on Saturday. Um, hopefully, the snow uh, doesn't get in the way, and we we will be able to get there. I caught up with Rosie Swabrick, of course. We've had her on the show a couple of times to chat about Fleetwood. She writes for the, the Blackpool Gazette, and uh, fair to say, uh, I think she, she agrees that for um uh, for uh, for uh, Fleetwood, it's been a, a a bit of an inconsistent season so far.
5: Yeah, it's been it's been very inconsistent. I think it's been one of those seasons where they're basically very good at being inconsistent. So they they tend to win a game and then after that lose and then draw and uh, there's only once in the season when they've managed to pick up back-to-back wins, which was um, the 4-0 win at Doncaster and then they followed that up with a 2-1 win against Shrewsbury and that was back in October. So they've not been able to kind of build momentum of like, they had an unbeaten run but that was mainly built around draws, but they've not managed to build like that solid platform of unbeaten or of wins throughout the season and that's kind of really um, dented them so far. Um they've they've managed to you know, they've got the firepower with currently if he stays, um, on loan, Ched Evans, twelve goals, sixteen goals from Paddy Madden. Wes Burns and Ash Hunter with seven goals apiece. Um and then you add in Ashton Addazan who's just come back from loan at Carlisle with nine goals. We've certainly got the firepower. It's just been a case of silly, stupid mistakes at the back or in the field. But have just allowed teams to get back in it. They were 2-0 up against Oxford, cruising at half-time, and then suddenly a silly mistake in midfield, giving the ball away on the edge of the box by James Wallace, and then a failure to stop across from the right, back to the left-back, just allows them back into the game, and then it ends up being 2-2, and it's just, it's just so it's quite frustrating to watch really because they've got the potential and obviously that first half record they've got they would be about second or third in the table if games ended at half time so it's really just about getting some consistency and obviously the disciplinary record hasn't helped with that either yeah
1: i mean we we've, we've seen at times this season when like when they're on it they're really on it like 5-0 mm. wins away at scunthorpe the 4-0 at donny that you mentioned um mm. why is why is it do you think that they can be so inconsistent
5: I just think it's more... Um, they've, they've had a few injuries and they've had quite a few suspensions this season. It's only perhaps the last couple of games when they've managed to get a second side. Uh, there's been a huge formation. So 4-4-2, saw them win at 4-0 at Doncaster and 5-0 at Scumford United. But in recent weeks, Joey's shifted to a, a 4-3-3, going free up front. Um, it, it's just one of those where you just can't kind of put your finger on it's just simply stupid mistakes half of the time um, that have been the downfall and if you look at the month of January they should have really been picking up um, more points than they did from that running if they wanted to be serious playoff contenders and I think there's a lot of um, people not, I wouldn't say frustrated, it's more like a case of what could have been given the calibre of the squad that they have had at their disposal um, a bit of frustration as to they should be higher up the league, especially with that strike force.
1: And of course, a lot of attention will be on uh, Joey Barton in his first managerial role. And um, I know he's been paying a lot of attention to your player ratings as well. Actually, I saw on on Twitter the other day. What, what's he been like as a manager, and also for, uh, to, to deal with uh, as uh, as someone in the local press?
5: Quote wise, he's been brilliant. He's been great for quote wise. He fills with paper we regularly, having about half an hour press conferences because he you ask him a question and he. he elaborates and and um, talks at length about stuff. Um, he's been all right.
8: Yeah,
1: and um, e- expectation-wise, a fleet would sort of hit him what, what was expected from them?
5: No, I think um, I think given the, the quality of the squad and like I've mentioned about the quality of the strikers, I think there was a lot of expectation that they'd be knocking... On that top six, store, there was a lot of expectation that they would be, especially given I think the quality of the rest of the division this year. League One, for me, has been pretty poor, um, from what I've seen over the last six years. It's not been as strong as it has been. Um, of recent years, there's not that Sheffield United side the past, the Bolton, your you, you and your Wigan of last year there's not been that sort of, the Wolves of yesteryear there's not been that side that you sit there, the Bristol City the MK Dons, you've not sat down and gone wow like that's a team that's, that's blowing you away I don't think I've been sat there with any team looking at them going that's a definite three points for them either home or away I think it's just been a, a case of, and I think that's kind of where the frustration lies, because I think you could see that this season, it's really, it, it's anyone's to take if they can get that run together and push towards the top half.
1: And how's the January transfer window been for them? I saw they, they brought a loan in uh, yesterday, Harry Harry Suter. Um, have, have they yeah. lost any big names yet? I know Chet Evans, as we talk, could be on the move.
5: Yeah, there's um, obviously with Ted Sloan from Sheffield United, there's a recall option on that in January. And I think everyone, uh, Sunderland have been linked to every striker in (laughs) in the round, you know, League One and the Championship. uh, At the moment, they're desperate for a striker, well, not desperate, but they are on the hunt for a striker. And given the calibre of their league position and obviously the the size of the club, um, there's bound to be, you know, they've got, you know, start. Like a, a bigger lure to go into Sunderland, um, so there's there's rumoured interest from them um, in Chad, but as of yet, he's still a Fleetwood Town player, um, and I know that Joey's spoken to Chris Wilder earlier in the, the transfer window and spoke to him, and um, he expected Ched to be a player. A, a, Fleetwood player but it's football you can never say never and you know money talks so it's one of those situations where it's just a case of fingers crossed and kind of biding your time all day and the transfer window for Fleetwood um I don't expect too many signings I'm not expecting much business I think you know Fleetwood have had 11 players go out either either on loan or on a permanent basis this January um two come back from Carlisle on loan, um, from loan spells, and Jack Salby and Ashley Adeson, and they brought in Harvey Saunders, um, another one of the, you know, from Fleetwood's non-league history, they like to bring in non-league potential, and they brought in Harvey Saunders from Darlington, but loaned him straight back, so he's one for the future, and they brought in Harry Stouter, I can't pronounce it yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, um, a young kid from Stoke who's had spells up in the SPL, I think at Ross County and uh, Dundee, and just the one um, Carabao Cup appearance in Stoke. A couple of Checker Trade appearances as well this season. Um, so he's come in just for central defensive cover because uh, Fleetwood Town lost Tommy Spur to back to PE um, due to injury one of the loanees and then uh Kean bolter joined link, lead two side of lincoln city so they only had two senior center halves before the signing of harris so that is good to have that defensive cover there but other than that i um, i can't really it's one of those windows where it, it's a case of you know they've filled that fifth loan spot now and january notoriously is not really a Buying window, um, especially when Fleetwood, the the more of the you know they either dip into non league for the signings or they go to um, they deal in free transfers a lot and the loans. So I can't really expect much business unless there's a bargain um, turned out or something that they can't turn down. But it's one of those where they're not going to spend or recruit for the sake of recruiting this window. Yeah. Um, Joey's quite keen once they hit that 52-point mark to give some of the academy kids a go. He's got a very good uh, pedigree so far as a manager, of giving youth a chance, and he wants to have a look at um, some of his younger players and some of the players that have got in Fleetwood because he's determined to create a pathway uh, from the academy to the first team.
1: Cool. And then just finally looking ahead to Saturday, who are the, uh, the main threats that Charlton fans should be wary of uh, within the Fleetwood team?
5: Well, if they're still here, <laughs> it's Asunsa and Wes Burns for me. Um, Paddy Madden and Ched Evans have been banging in the goals. Paddy was 16 and Ched with 12. But the two, um, they played as wingers quite a lot this season, but now they're playing on in, in the front three. Um, well, Wes has actually played it right back the last two games in Louis Coyle's absence and uh, Joey likened him to Kyle Walker, which... Um, you could say it's a bit of a superlative, but when you look at he's um, form since he's been in at right-back, he has actually really impressed in that role. Um, but they've both got goals in in them, and if you give them both space on the wings, um, they will undo you Fleetwood fame for the counter-attack in play. Um, and yeah, I'm just expecting their pace to be a real difference, but it's one of those where it just depends um, what Fleetwood Town turn up.
1: There we go, Rosie Swarbrick from the Blackpool Gazette, uh, the Fleetwood town writer, looking ahead to Saturday's trip. Up to Fleetwood, it is now eight minutes to eight on uh, Thursday, and there's still no striker coming (laughs) in. Uh, Daniel Trafen said, I've just woken up in Australia, no striker announcement, disappointed.com. Jane's free word review is unprintable, according to her. Millie's asking us, what striker would we like to see come in? I mean, like I said, the only name we've really heard anything on is Mo Issa, and I like the look of his goal record. Richard Corley mentioned that he sounds uh, a, a decent prospect he had someone who'd seen him play a few times and said he would fit in well at the club so I mean I'm putting all my eggs in that particular basket at seven minutes to uh, to uh, eight on, on the first the evening because that's all I've heard but like I say you trust Boja and you trust Gallon with their recruitment so far this season to go out and get someone good you just hope that it is someone good and uh yeah, and it happens sooner rather than later. I'm just saying like you know what's gonna happen. We're gonna go off air at eight and eight oh two we're gonna sign someone. So on long there, as
6: isn't? we sign someone, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: this show will definitely be out of uh, out of date by the time most people are listening to it, but that's the uh, the danger of doing a Thursday night uh podcast. In fact, Tony's saying that we should stay on air until we sign someone. <laughs> we're gonna be here I'm not staying on air till like ten minutes to eleven o'clock. Till the summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh right i mean we we do need to look ahead to Fleetwood quite hard to do obviously when we don't know who's going to be in the squad mm. um but i mean Fleetwood not in the best of form as as we heard from Rosie there uh we all remember last last week's uh, visit uh, last season's visit up there with Tariq Fossou's hat trick it could be nice to see if he could come back into the team and refine some of that form
6: yeah someone's going to have to aren't they because obviously our two main goal scorers are missing um as she said there they've just been really inconsistent um and our record, actually, you know, even that Peterborough draw, you take that into account. Our record since Christmas has been really good. Um, obviously, home form in particular. Uh, so, and obviously, this is a, an away game. But if it goes ahead, and hopefully the weather doesn't prevent that, um, or maybe maybe we do want it to be off. I suppose with with our strikers out. But um, yeah, it's not going to be an easy test. But as as uh, Rosie was saying, there, you kind of don't know which of the two Fleetwoods you're going to get. Um, it could easily be three 0 us. It could easily be three nil them. You just you just can't really tell. But um, yeah, it's it's a game that if we want to establish this post Carlin era, if you like, we need to go there and win. Really.
1: I mean, assuming obviously, Lyle Taylor's going to be out. There's no Carlin Grant, so even if someone does come in, I mean, who who the hell starts <laughs> up top with them if they come in? I mean, do do we play a different formation? Does Tariq Fosu get asked to go up top? I mean, Billy Clark's still here as as we talk. Mm. Um, so is he? Is he someone we'd think about to, to start? I mean, he's, he's not started a league game in a long, long time, of course, with injury. I mean, I, I'm just baffled to what's going to happen, even if someone does come in on Saturday. Because, I mean, will Rico be trusted to start the game up top on, on his own away from home? It's a small ground. It's not mm-hmm. perhaps the, the nasty atmosphere that, that some away grounds can be in, in this division. But it's still a, a hell of a weight on his shoulders if he is asked to do that.
2: Yeah, um, it'll be interesting uh, who he does go. I, I would imagine Fosu will start. Well, that's who I would start in like um, like a false nine or something. Because like are we
1: are we going to do that thing where the teams just play with no striker and just have false nines all over the
2: yeah. game? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we've we done these um, diamond one where we said like Reeves went in there and J W went in the hole. But then really, you, you, will he go with the new striker uh, if we do get one? Will he go with him straight away or will he give Rico know, a go? That's what I mean.
1: If it's Mo Issa, who's played 22 minutes of league football all exactly. season.
2: Exactly. So that's it's going to be interesting what he does. Will he give Rico a go? I mean, I'm not no disrespect to Fleetwood. It's not like they're um, looted. You know, it's a winnable game. Um, but we've got players all over the pitch uh, to win us games. So... Yeah. There's very few on top at the exactly. moment, as we so speak. I mean, Bob Niskan saying,
1: expect our Igor to be on the bench. Now, Betecolo uh, mm. played 45 minutes against Crystal Palace for the 23s here at the Valley during the week. Now, when Bowie was asked about him, I think last week, he said he's going to have to go for a mini pre-season. I mean, mm. that is a very mini one if that, if we are going to rush him back for, for Fleetwood. But, I mean, we, we may have to. We, don't, we wouldn't want to, but he may have to be on the bench as an option to come on for the last 20 minutes. I
6: think he will be on the bench. Um, yeah, but it's that thing, and, and as we were just saying there, we need the other players to take some responsibility and step up. Reeves said it himself after Peterborough. He needs to have a bit more confidence in the final third and take a few chances. Fosu, we know he can do it. You said Fleetwood obviously did it last year, but he got a hatful of goals last season and hasn't hit that form this year. Johnny Williams is an attacking-minded player, so can weigh in with goals. But again, it's it's early days for him and he's still kind of getting up to full, full speed. But there are players in that team that can score. And at the moment a lot of the goals have been coming from Lyle and Carlin, but those other players need to step up now and I'm sure that's what the message from Boyer as well, um, that we need goals from all over the team and that there's plenty of players that can do it, it's just a case of will they on Saturday, um, sounds like Rico I, w- I would think will start um, but yeah, Lyle, uh, sorry Igor I'd expect probably just to be on the bench
1: And if it is a, a new striker that comes in, which hopefully everyone will know the identity of by the time they listen to this <laughs> podcast, um Will they be expected just to start, even if they have? Like we said, with Mo Iser, for example, only played 22 minutes, the likelihood is they would have trained Friday morning with the lads and then travelled up, mm. if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, um, we would have no choice in, in yeah. less, unless we're willing to, to put, um, put Rico, Rico in yeah. there. Um,
2: it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if Bo started with um, Rico. He's, he's, Bo surprised me with a couple of these selections um, uh, this season. So it wouldn't surprise me if, and I wouldn't really have too many issues with Rico starting Um, I don't don't think that's the way it will be going forward you know but it's uh, having one morning and then travelling up um you know they might not know any names properly and stuff well, I don't know but it'd be interesting if he does but I wouldn't yeah. bother if we all done does. that down you? you ever yeah. played
1: for like a five a side team where you've just turned up and you don't know the names of anyone but it's, it's useful because mm. normally everyone's wearing like a, a different team shirt so you shout oh yeah yeah Arsenal over here yeah man United you, know, you can't just shout <laughs> chon 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 the whole time so yeah hopefully uh, hopefully they'll learn some names uh, sharpish um just another quick question, the goalkeeper, I mean, Dylan Phillips, undroppable from what I've seen so far, but Maxwell played uh, against Palace and Bowie was very pleased with his distribution after the game he was talking about.
6: Yeah, it worried me when he came out with that comment um, because Dills hasn't put a foot wrong since uh, since he came in. He's even chesting balls away and making saves that way. So, um, yeah, it's be, it would be incredibly harsh to drop him, but I think it was harsh to drop him after, if we're calling it a mistake at South End, which seemed to be the reason he got dropped last time, so... For me, Philip starts, um, Maxwell can have all the decent distribution he wants, but until Dills makes a mistake, it's his shirt to lose for me.
1: Right, let's start thinking about some sort of predictions, and let's drag this out, because normally we end the show at 8 o'clock, <laughs> often when signings are made, you'd agree an embargo. So you wouldn't agree at like, oh, let's, let's do it at 8.04. You'd say 8 o'clock, 8.15 yeah. or something. So let's, let's wait till like 8, 8.01 before we go. So Nathan, what's your prediction?
2: I'm going to go for 3-2 win. Yeah, and a
1: hat trick from Mo Issa. No,
2: a, d- a brace from um the new the new the new player and one from Whoever Rico. he
1: whoever he is. Darren Bent. This is like this is like the start of Bruce's Price is right, isn't it? It's just like right let's see let's see who it is. Or let's see who we, the winner is.
2: If we just give a, if we just say every striker we can think of and then just edit in the right one, then it'll be better yeah,
1: that way. It's gonna be a yeah. long old evening, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Darren Bent. <laughs> Oh Darren Bent, yeah, we, we <laughs> chat on live have linked Darren Bent with Mendonca. Men we Donker. found him in Asda's. Yeah, and Chris Dixon, yeah, Chris Dixon. Hayden we Mullins, Hayden Darren Mullins. Darren Purse, yeah, yeah. Carlin yeah Carlin Grant. He hasn't scored a single goal for Huddersfield. He might come back. Yeah, yeah never bet. knows. <laughs> Tom, your your prediction?
6: One 0 uh, Said Charlton,
1: goal scorer Nabs, Nabs, Go on nab.
6: and Nabs from a corner. Front,
1: that's what I do. We, that we, we still haven't, yeah, made our, we haven't our weekly suggestion Sarr, of Nabi Sarr up top yet. So who I mean, Naby Sarr at all? not a million miles from coming back. Yeah. I mean, if he can walk, put him in the team. Get Nabi up top. Yeah, I'll do that all
2: day yeah. long. He's an absolute machine.
1: Excellent stuff. Right, eight o'clock has passed. I'm going to give it another fifteen seconds to see if anything <laughs> anything comes it, up on we Twitter. Still missed it. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm I'm stalling because I. Right, that, no, right. Oh, no, hang on,
2: there's something. Oh no, 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 it's not been
1: assigned. <laughs> okay, all right, we're going to end the show then because otherwise we will be here all night. Let's. Oh, what was that? oh no, it's Tom tweeting. Uh, right, uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's end the show here. Uh, this has been Charlton Live, the big match preview, and also a transfer deadline day special. Uh, many thanks, of course, to Richard Corley from the South London Press for coming on and telling us what he knows uh, so far. Uh, as I've said throughout the show, most of you will listen to this in the morning on Friday, so hopefully you'll know if we've signed someone. Hopefully you'll know that we have signed someone. Uh, It'd be a disaster. If we haven't, um, so hopefully we have, right, um, lads? Yeah, thanks for coming. That's You're right, just, just refreshing our screen. Furiously uh, refreshing your Twitter pages over there to see if any. Oh, there's another tweet no nah. no someone else slanging <laughs> off Ricky Holmes right okay uh, let's, let's end the show here Tom and Nate thanks for coming in cheers mate well, I've been Louis again. Mendes this has been chatting live the big match preview a special extended edition by one minute this evening uh, to see if we did sign anyone at 8 o'clock but we haven't uh, so unfortunately we, uh, we won't be able to tell you who we have signed but you'll be able to uh, find out I'm sure on Twitter uh, this evening I've been Louis Mendes thanks for listening we'll see you back here on Sunday when we will reveal, reveal not quite exclusively who we did sign on Friday we shall see you later <laughs> 802, and we still haven't signed anyone. Still no signing. What? No, no, still no signing.